Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. Duan is now on ESPN Radio. Duan is now ESPN Radio. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Whether you're listening on 102.9 FM or watching on TV, SWX Montana Television, or streaming on the ESPN MT app, appreciate you being here. I am Coulter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Sam Herter, Hero Sports, talked our way around the FCS. Also heard from Devin Davis, a cornerback for the uh, Montana State Bobcats. We also gave you some wings, plus some over-under win totals for uh, the Grizz and the Cats. Uh, from one of our listeners who says, the Cats will have 10 wins and the Grizz will have 9 wins going into Cat Grizz. That means that would be a top-five matchup here in Missoula in November. That would be pretty sweet. All of our first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Andrew, what do you think? What, what are the over-under wind totals for the Cats and the Grizz going? I guess you don't necessarily have to give me a full prediction right now. What our listener said, though, 10 for the Cats and Grizz with nine, that's like the absolute best-case scenario for these two schools, right? Yeah, I think so. Wouldn't you, If you were doing this like Vegas, wouldn't you just say eight and a half for both? I think the eight and a half is exactly that's right. And if they each have eight, then that means the, the matchup will be for a, a playoff seed. Yeah. If one of the two of them has nine, then that side will be going for the Big Sky title, and the other one will just be trying to basically play their way into the playoffs. If either one has less than eight, then it's absolutely a play-in game. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think that's right. I think the, the over-under would be eight and a half. Yeah, and I think just looking at it, I mean, we both think I think that Montana State is a better team, but they're going to be an underdog and probably a pretty substantial underdog on the road in Brookings, right? And they're going to, yeah, and uh, I, I think that Montana State is is the better overall team, but that still means they could have a comparable record as the Grizz That's going right. into that game. Yeah, I think if it was eight and a half, you'd be, it would be interesting to, to bet the over there for the Cats saying that they run the table outside right. of Brookings, but they have those other tough road games, like you said, uh, that I think you have to set it at eight and a half because I could certainly see them dropping one of those as well. Now, I, I think they're going to have a chance at South Dakota State. Right. I, I'm not sure they're going to get run off the field like they did in the playoffs last year, but you got to think they're going to lose that game. And then eight and a half is just, just perfect for the Grizz going into that game because they're tough games here. I mean, UC Davis, Idaho. Yeah, back-to-back weeks. And then Sac State. And really, if you think they're going to split that UC Davis-Idaho yeah. thing, it really comes down to do you think they're going to get the job done against Sac State at home. Sac State at home, under the lights, night yeah. game. 
there's I mean that's going to be an enormous game. That's going to be that's going to be one of our most fun college game day lead-ups because it's going to be leading up to a night game that's going to mean a lot on the national level. Yeah, but I think in the best case scenario you could see both of these teams with with nine wins apiece and maybe they are playing for the conference title. Uh, I think more realistically you you're probably going to see one of these teams with nine wins, one of these teams with eight wins or both of these teams maybe at 8 and 2 going into it. Who is now ESPN Radio? Grizz and Bobcat football kicks off next Saturday. But a big weekend here in Missoula for Grizz Sports. The volleyball team at the University of Montana is hosting the Ellison Invitational. Some of the top teams in the nation coming to Missoula. Three NCAA tournament teams from a year ago, including number five, Pitt, and number 17, BYU, will be here in Missoula. The Grizz play Texas uh, Rio Grande Valley on Friday night at 7 p.m. Then they play, I think, unquestionably the toughest doubleheader in Grizz volleyball history when they play number five Pitt at 10 in the morning and then number 17 BYU at 7 o'clock at night. So certainly going to be a a trial by fire. But it's going to be good for Allison Lawrence's squad for sure. And if that's not enough, then on Sunday... Montana soccer set to take on Ohio State of the Big Ten at 6 p.m. at South Campus Stadium. It'll be, it's going to be an incredibly high level uh, of soccer. I promise you that. And uh, they're selling tickets at a rapid rate, but guess what? We still got some for you. You want two tickets to Sunday evening's Grizz soccer game against Ohio State? Call us right now, 406 888 1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. Call us right now. Pair of them with the Buckeyes in town. Call number one right off the top. Fastest person in here. We got them for you. Call right now. 406 888 It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. A lot of times it's our long form interview for the week, but I wanted to have some long form analysis. To get us all set up for uh, the opening opening weekend of high school football on Friday night. I think there's a lot of fun storylines around all the levels of high school football this year. So here's the ones that just popped into my mind right off the top. And this is not David Letterman type top 10 countdown. These are just the ones that just came, came to my brain as I was making the show. Number one. Last year in A, Helena Capital seemed like a team of destiny. They had a just a, a string of players commit to the Division I programs in state during the summer leading up to the, the 2023 season. And uh, they took everybody's best shot. They had some knockdown dragout games, but they ended up going undefeated and winning the A state championship. Now that team this year that seems like they have all this recruiting attention, all this outside attention, all this hype, is Kalispell Glacier. The Wolfpack return a bunch of great skill guys, a bunch of speed. They also have one of the best offensive linemen in the state in Henry Sellards, who's headed to North Dakota State. They also have a promising tight end prospect in Isaac Keim. Of course, Kashko Kachia is going to be a safety for the Grizzlies. Kime also committed to the Grizzlies, but Gokachia also a great inside receiver there in that spread offense. Kelsey Glacier also, their offensive coordinator 
is a guy who played quarterback at Oregon and then coached for Scott Frost at Central Florida and Nebraska. So he has top-level college football acumen, and he's a high school offensive coordinator up there in the Flathead. So that's pretty impressive. And then from sort of making some calls over the last couple of days, just about some some names to watch. One that kept keep coming. One that kept coming up is Jackson Presley. He's a transfer into Glacier. Grady Bennett, the Wolfpack head coach, referenced him on the show uh, when he was on with us last week. Presley's only a sophomore, but I've heard that he is absolutely the real deal. I, I heard he is a. I mean, one of my sources said that this kid is a surefire Division One quarterback as only a sophomore. So uh, that's pretty big time. If he's as advertised and you have all that great skill talent around him and you have a, you know an excellent coach and Coach Bennett that likes to just let it rip, uh, Glacier's going to be pretty scary. But, I mean, Helena Capital, one of the the, the primary storylines of their season a year ago was handling the pressure. They, they were expected to be the team that was going to make a big run at it. They were expected to be the team that had some of the, the best talent in the state on the offensive and defensive fronts. That's a lot of pressure, and, and they were able to embrace that pressure and then make a run at it, so we'll see. Sort of a similar narrative, though, for Kalispell Glacier this year, so can the Wolfpack uh, fulfill the, that potential? Prep football storyline number two on the ESPN roundtable. Can the culture carry over at Florence? Pat Duchesne Sr., the head coach there at Florence, he joined us last week. And uh, he talked about sort of the implementation and the building up of that culture there at Florence. He's been there for a handful of years, and they've gotten better and better and better. But now that class that they built it around that included uh, Coach Duchesne's son, Pat Duchesne Jr., can they carry it on? Can they carry over the culture? A lot of times that culture can get entrenched, and that's such a good thing. We've seen it at Sentinel and more on the Spartans here in just a minute. But... How do you, when you don't have that dynamic playmaker under center, or you don't have a lot of the guys that have been multi-year starters for you, can the the more unknown names, can they rise up? Can they continue? Can they have pride in, in what's been built, pride in what came before them? If they can, then the Falcons are certainly state uh, Class B contenders once again. They are the two-time defending state champs. So we'll see how much of that stuff carries over. ESPN Roundtable is presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you're going to catch some high school football action this Friday night, why not swing into Paradise Falls? It's just right up the way from uh, Missoula County Public Stadium, uh, MCPS Stadium, of course, there at Big Sky. Paradise Falls just out there on Brook Street, 3621 Brook Street to be specific. Maybe go hit up some uh, happy hour with some appetizers before the game, or maybe you get, get some dinner there at P-Falls. Uh, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Proud to present the ESPN Roundtable each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Prep football storyline number three. In Class A, Lewistown and Billings Central seemed like they were on kind of a collision course a year ago. Now Class A is a little bit more wide open. I think there's a lot of teams that could rise up. Last year, Hamilton had a relatively young team. They got a lot of guys back now. I thought that with what they had in terms of experience last year, Hamilton making it to the semis last year was a great job by Bryce Carver and his crew. And you wonder if the Bronx can now reemerge and, and get back into the mix there. And they were certainly in the mix last year, but I thought that they, they reached their ceiling. Like the final four was about where they were going to get to. And that's a great run. Can they be a, a state 
championship game or, or state title contender again this year. Uh, we'll see. Lewistown certainly loses a lot. Billing Central should be strong once again. And more on some of the Class A stuff uh, in a little bit. But, Andrew, I know you uh, interviewed Bryce Carver, head coach of the Hamilton Bronx, which will play on the show on Friday. Uh, but any general takeaways from that or anything that you gleaned from from the interview that he told you about his team? Well, I think like you're saying, they're they're confident, right? They, they're confident. They have a ton of experience coming back this year. I mean, they've got five or six guys who played on the national championship team two years ago with sophomores. Those guys are sort of cresting as seniors uh, now. I mean, they're bringing back Tyson Botter at quarterback, who's a guy who we've, we've had on the show before because uh, he kind of popped taking over from uh, Tyson Rostad was, was the Hamil- was the last one, right? Yep. Um, so, so they're, they're confident in that. Um, you know, other than that, not a ton to take away from it. Um, I, I think they're going to be right up there again this year. What I'm talking about with Florence is when you have a group that you build the, the, the primary initial culture of your program around, then that group moves on. Can you replicate it again? Hamilton's in such a good spot as a program because Bryce Carver's been there now for, I think, eight years, maybe nine years. I mean, he's not very old, but he's been there for quite a while. And, and, you know, now you can say they're a perennial power because they, they've been to the, the playoffs, I think, seven times in a row. They've been to the final four of the playoffs, I think, six out of the last seven years. Played for multiple state championships, won a state title a couple years ago. So, um, Hamilton is always going to be in the mix, but also Class A just seems like it's wide open this year. ESPN Roundtable, uh, number four top ten stories in prep football. Missoula Loyola was super young and inexperienced last year, and they took their lumps, and I know that it was a frustrating year, especially in the middle of the year. Uh, we had Coach Hughes, Todd Hughes, on the show a couple times, and uh, he was certainly frustrated in the middle of the year. And then they turned a, a corner and even though they lost their regular season finale at Florence, Coach Hughes thought they they sort of turned a light bulb on. That proved to be exactly right as his team then went on the road and won in Townsend and then won in Shepherd and then won at Big Fork. Big Fork was a, a big-time contender, one of the favorites in Class B last year. And uh, Loyola went and knocked out Townsend, Shepherd, and Big Fork in consecutive weeks to go to the state championship. And that team returns quite a bit of those kids. Some of those guys were on the basketball team that also won state. So there's been some great success with this class, of uh, this, this group of, of boys there at Missoula Loyola. If they can parlay the momentum and the form that they had during the playoffs last year, they're absolutely one of the contenders in Class B. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But it was certainly a great run last year by Todd Hughes' team. Number five storyline in uh, high school football. Other than Glacier, I think Class AA is wide open. I'm not ready to anoint the Wolfpack yet. You do have to be able to handle the pressure. When, when you have a, a pass-happy offense like that, sometimes you can't have a bunch of mistakes in a game that could cost you as well. I do think Glacier is the clear-cut favorite, especially out of the West. But I do think that the rest of AA is pretty wide open. I think that, first of all, I expect there's 16 teams in AA. The last couple of years, the bottom part of that, the top, the bottom four or six teams have been really, really non-competitive. I mean, you're talking like losing by six, seven, eight, nine, ten touchdowns. That's pretty crazy. I do think that the bottom part is going to be a little better because I, I do think that 
Well, Big Sky was never totally totally in that bottom four. They were more like in the, you know, the bottom half type. But I do think Big Sky is going to be better. I think they could be a playoff contender. I think Hellgate will be competitive. I don't know what I'd give them as an over-under win total, but I think they'll be more competitive in games. I think Belgrade will be a little bit better as well. I also, though, think that there's not a lot of differentiation, especially with some of the teams in the West. I think Sentinel's good. We're going to get to them in just a minute. I think Helena High's good. I think Helena Capital's pretty good. I think Bozeman's good. Gallatin's good. Who is turns out to be really, really good, though? Who has great chemistry, and they get some luck to fall their way, and they get a little momentum going, and they're playing for all the right reasons and all that sort of stuff? I just think there's a lot of teams that could be that in AA. I think there's more teams that are in contention for playoff spots, and I also think there's uh, maybe less teams that are sort of clear-cut. I think if you, like, tiered it out, you have the top tier is Glacier, and then I think you have a big old fat tier of, of sort of the next level of AA, and I think you have another tier that's a little bit above the bottom, and then I think you have some of the teams that uh, that might struggle this year again. But I do think that the bottom part's gotten a little better. Uh, the the top part maybe has come back more towards the middle. So I expect a, a lot of, of up and down and give and take in AA this year in high school football. Number six, what about Sentinel, though, actually being a dark horse? The Spartans have been – I mean, the narrative has been so interesting, right? They make the semis four years ago, first time in a long time. That's the foundation. Then they win the, the state championship two years in a row. That's the history making. Then they had to defend those state championships last year. They, they took their lumps a couple times. They rewrote the story of their team, and they made another charge to the final four, the semifinals. This group of guys that's seniors, uh, there's 20-plus of them at Sentinel. They've only ever been a part of the Spartans program when Spartans have been good. There is none of this... You know, oh, we're rebuilding it from the mess that Sentinel used to be. We're, we're you know, getting the thing back on track. We're, you know, we're building the foundation. None of that exists anymore. Now it's about carrying the foundation. They don't necessarily have those headliners like Zach Cruz or Jace Klusiewicz or Gino Leonard or Dylan Rollins or Drew Klump or TJ Roush or, you know, on and on and on. Adam Jones. Uh, they've just, you know, Tate Templeton. They've had so many Division One caliber guys there at Sentinel. They have a couple right now that are committed. Uh, Danny Sermon, the big tight end, is committed to the Grizz, uh, as is Grady Walker, who's a a very versatile safety. But I I do think that there's maybe not as many people that are on the Sentinel bandwagon this year. Is that a good thing for Sentinel? Does, Does that maybe help them out? Can they be a dark horse that maybe surprises some people? Dane Oliver's a hell of a coach. He's running a great program there at Sentinel, and I think that uh, as long as he's there, they're going to be pretty darn good. But I also think he's so good at knowing how to build around his personnel, knowing how to let each team have their own identity. So if Glacier's a clear-cut favorite in the West, I think Sentinel's right there with Helena High as the next contenders. We'll see. We'll see what they can do. But I, I, I actually think the Spartans have a chance to be very, very good. I, I, I know I'm not alone. Number seven, top prep football storylines. Class B lost a powerful program in Big Fork. They moved up to Class A. But most of the other uh, sort of solid programs remain the same. Jefferson County High School in Boulder is going to be good again. 
Broadwater County High School in Townsend is going to be good again. Huntley Project is always very good. Manhattan's competitive. What about teams like Red Lodge, Columbus, Loyola, Florence? Can they fit into that same group of those perennial uh, powers? We shall see. Uh, But it has been sort of a who's who and a who's not in Class B. There's been like the programs that have always been pretty good with the longstanding head coaches and the real weight training programs and all the the things that go around, uh, you know, come with program building. Who else can sort of rise into that conversation, though? Well, we shall see. Number eight, fun storylines here on the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. When does a team from the Northern A reemerge? There's been sort of uh, some um, th- th- that that part of the, the of Class A has had a lot of um, parity because they've been kind of picking each other off. Polson was very good last year, but there hasn't been much to d- differentiate between like Columbia Falls and Whitefish, uh, Haver. So, can any of those teams really emerge? Carson Oakland, who led Mission High School to the eight-man state championship game last year. Uh, St. Ignatius lost to Belt. But Carson Oakland, he's now the coach at Polson. Polson has the infrastructure. They've already been running the air raid. And uh, Oakland's offense is high-powered. They like to throw the ball all over the place. So what's that fit like? Can Polson carry the momentum of, of some successful years these last couple years? Columbia Falls is always a, a threat, and they have a Division One guy in Jackson Schweikert. Um... Excuse me, Jackson Schweikert's the coach. The the son, what's the son's name? Cody Schweikert. Cody Schweikert, excuse me, yes. Jackson Schweikert, of course, the coach there at Columbia Falls. He's been there for a while. His son, uh, Cody Schweikert, he's going to be playing quarterback. He'll also play all, all over the defensive side of the ball. He's committed to the Grizz. So you wonder when they're going to be a threat again. Whitefish just has the intangibles. I mean, they've been a, a good program, and they've won a state championship in the last handful of years. So when do they reemerge? And then where does Big Fork fit into all of it? Big Fork's perennial contender in Class B, but now they're up in Class A. Some closer games with Sea Falls and Polson, uh, you know, right there, right, right down the road. But how do they fit in uh, to that conference and to the classification? We shall see. Number nine, fun storylines here on the ESPN Roundtable when it comes to prep football. Presented by Paradise Falls uh, of Missoula. Last year, the Bozeman High-Bozeman-Gallatin inner-city game was the first sort of double-A clash like that in Bozeman that meant something. Then those teams played again in the class double-A semifinals. Will we see a repeat of that? I do think when you look at the, the hierarchy of the East, Billings West is always solid. Butte could for sure be a spoiler this year. Not sure about either of the Great Falls schools or Billings Senior or, or Billings Skyview. But I do think the two best teams in the East are both in the Gallatin Valley. I think Bozeman High School and Bozeman Gallatin are the two top teams in the East. So when they clash for their regular season finale, what does that do to the playoff picture? Could we see both of them go on playoff runs again? And what sort of influence now does having two real deal programs there uh, in Bozeman? What sort of influence does that have? on Class AA football. And then 10, my last fun storyline, what AA teams are going to rise up? You know, There's the teams that are going to have a hard time winning a game. That, that's just sort of the way that the 16-team division has been since they expanded. There'll be some teams that have a hard time winning games, for sure. Then there'll be some scrappy teams, though, 
that are fighting for three, four, five wins. What happens if one of those teams beats one of the true front-running contenders? Who are those teams? Are either of the Great Falls schools going to be in that, that mix? Can Missoula Big Sky be in that mix? Can Butte be in that mix? Is West uh, really a, a, a contender, or are they sort of more middle of the road? I'm not sure, but I do think that there's uh, a lot more evenness, especially in the middle part of the AA ranks. So which team can you know rise up and, and win three or four conference games, win three, four, five, six games overall, and uh, have an influence on the way that the rest of the, the bracket and the seating and the standings play out? ESPN Roundtable Prep Football Style, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. They also have a full-service casino. Plus, they got more than 20 big-screen TVs to watch all the sports, 18 draft beers, food and drink specials each and every day of the week. Go check them out there on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We have free gasoline for you, plus... Some tidbits about our upcoming travels. Brawl of the Wild by the Mile. Next, here on Duana's Now, CSPN Radio. Oh! It's Duana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. For those that know... You definitely know. For those that don't know, you probably have no idea. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio. A little third eye blind for you. Uh, you know, that that's a, sort of like a, a pop rock type song. That was big time in the late 90s. I think people liked it because of the, you know, the sing-along ability. Sort of a, a positive vibe in terms of the music. I don't know if a lot of people know what that song's about, though. It's about doing drugs. I mean, it's about doing crystal meth, unfortunately. You know, that's why they talk about having a semi-charmed kind of life. If you go through the lyrics, you'll totally know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Welcome back to Honest Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. A brawl of the wild by the mile continues for another season. Next week, we'll have first looks for you on both Butler, who opens their season at the University of Montana, as well as Utah Tech, who opens up their year at uh, Montana State. We'll also have some more Big Sky conversation for you and $50 gift cards to Town Pump each and every week here on Nuanas Now. We'll have one for you coming up here in about 10 minutes. A couple Big Sky notes, though, as part of this Brawl of the Wild by the Mile. The Big Sky preseason MVPs, Hayden Hatton of Idaho and Winston Reed of Weber State, they are both on the Senior Bowl watch list. Uh, not surprising there. Senior Bowl is the longest continually running All-Star game with uh, the All-Star game taking place in Mobile, Alabama for the last 74 years. Last year, the game produced 100 total picks for the third straight year, representing 40% of the entire NFL draft, including 40 players that were selected on the first two days. So if you're getting selected to the Senior Bowl, you're one of the top draft prospects among the senior class in America. So the five guys from the Big Sky that are in, uh, on the Senior Bowl watch list headed into the season are Hayden Hatton and Winston Reed, as, as mentioned. Marshall Martin, tight end from Sacramento State, uh, who joined us here on this show earlier this week. Offensive lineman Chris Walker of Montana 
who's uh, certainly, at least from the internal returns, seems to be a player that's uh, improved a ton this last offseason. And then linebacker David Hogue of Northern Colorado, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league, missed most of last year with an injury, but now is back uh, for year one uh, under Ed Lamb. So, I mean, if you're good... If you're getting in in any sort of an all-star game, that's good because that's an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for you to work out for scouts. It's an opportunity. I mean, it's it's sort of like one of the first steps to elongating your career. Like the way you elongate your career as an FCS guy is, first of all, have a productive senior year, stay healthy. Then right when your senior year is done, the process is sort of like get an agent, start training, all-star games, keep training, either combine or pro day and then let the chips fall where they may but to get an invite to the biggest all-star game certainly a boost because it's just way more accessible for um, scouts and NFL teams to be there so again the list of senior bowl watch list guys and and other people could play their way onto this as well but Hayden Hatton of Idaho was actually only a junior I guess though Hayden Hatton could probably go to the Senior Bowl because he's a fourth-year junior. That's probably that's probably part of it. Uh, the rest of these guys are just for sure seniors, though. Winston Reed of Weber State, a linebacker. Marshall Martin of Sac State, a tight end. Offensive lineman Chris Walker of Montana, and then David Hogue, linebacker at Northern Colorado. I was thinking about our our upcoming travels. Because we'll, we'll have a variety of different teams going to a variety of different places when it comes to our coverage at Skyline Sports. Uh, including, uh, so I'll be on the road both the first two weeks. We will have a college game day pregame show next Saturday. That's September 2nd. The Grizz kick off at high noon. So uh, we'll come to you from 9.30 to 11 right here on ESPN Radio. And then we'll be, we'll be into the game. I'm going to watch probably the first quarter and a half of the Grizz game against Butler. And then I'm going to hit the road and go to Bozeman uh, for the Gold Rush game. I got my pregame radio show there as well, leading up to the Gold Rush game with Utah Tech in town. And then I'm going to turn around and watch Utah Tech again on September 9th down in St. George, Utah. Now, a lot of our travel, we're trying to go to premier games some of the best games in the Big Sky or on a national level in the FCS, that's that's when we think it's a, a worthy investment for us to send teams to faraway places. Uh, and a lot of times it has to do with accessibility, too. I mean, in terms of our budgeting and uh, our coverage plans, games that are, you know, in Cheney, Washington, or Moscow, Idaho, or Pocatello, Idaho, or Ogden, Utah, are good, that's good for us because we can drive there, and it's just a lot more affordable. That second weekend, though, of the season, both the Cats and the Grizz are in far-flung, middle-of-nowhere places. Yet we're going to go. I'll be going to St. George, Utah. This actually just happened to work out circumstantially so well for me. My girlfriend and uh, her father are going on a road trip to the Grand Canyon. So I'll be able to jump in the, the RV with them. And then we'll go see the Grand Canyon, and then I'll get dropped off in St. George. I'll cover the Grizz, and then we'll fly home. So uh, I'll be there on the first half of the road trip, not the second half, but I'll also be in St. George for the first time covering the Grizz at Utah Tech. Normally, probably a game we would just cover remotely, but since I have a ride down there and a cheap flight home, uh, I'm going to make a run at it. 
We also are going to be in Brookings, South Dakota, as Montana State and South Dakota State square off uh, in a rematch of last year's national semifinal game. Uh, one of our beat writers, Tom Stuber, will be out there in Brookings. He's uh, he's taking his camper on the road. And uh, the point is, we couldn't get to any of these places without Town Pump. Town Pump is keeping us fueled up all year long. Our Town Pump brawl of the wild by the mile. Uh, we'll be doing it every single Wednesday with the gift cards, but also just throughout the season. So I appreciate Town Pump uh, for getting us all over the place. I was thinking more, Andrew, though, about this game I'm going to down in St. George, Utah. Now, Utah Tech, formerly known as Dixie State, they transitioned. They went from a junior college to a Division II to an independent FCS. And now they're like a full-level full FCS. I can't say they're fully funded like a Missouri Valley or a Big Sky school is, but they do have, I believe now, a full allotment of scholarships. And uh, they got some building buzz. St. George is a, a growing community. Um, it, it's become sort of one of those small small cities or like large big towns. Uh, I think St. George probably has more people than Missoula, so it's certainly uh, grown quite a bit. There's some buzz about Utah Tech football. Uh, I believe Paul Peterson's still the head coach there, right? Uh, who was the former Sacramento State offensive coordinator. But regardless of the details around Utah Tech, the Grizzlies coming to town for a night game in St. George, I think is unquestionably the biggest FCS opponent Utah Tech has ever gotten to come to their place for a non-conference game. So you have to expect that to totally be a rocket environment. And, uh, you know, even though it's not a game we would normally probably travel to, and it's probably a game the Grizz will be favored by quite a bit in, it's still going to be, I think there's going to be a huge turnout. I think there's going to be a rocket environment. And I think that from a program perspective for Utah Tech, uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's also interesting for Utah Tech because we're going to get to see them uh, I'm going to get to see them two weeks in a row in person, and then they also have a third non-conference game against a Big Sky school. So uh, plenty of Utah Tech Big Sky crossover this year as well. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess this it seems like a maybe a throwaway game because this is part of a what you call a three-for-one. So Utah Tech's going to come to Missoula three times in exchange for this one trip to, to St. George. But it's a place the Grizz have never been, and uh, I think that there's going to be a, a pretty raucous crowd on hand uh, to watch this one with Montana in town. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you that it's probably their biggest FCS home game opponent ever. But like the the Utah Tech crowd has has some experience with big games. I mean, Utah Tech, Dixie State, whatever, has been sort of one of the go to Big Sky non conference opponents yes. in recent years, just because they were the one of the few non Big Sky FCS teams west of the Mississippi. Yeah, right. I mean, it's 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 really easy for Weber State and Southern yep. Utah and Northern Arizona to play them. And I guess relatively easy for, you know, Montana or Montana State to, to play them. So. Yeah, so I, I was just looking back, like, 2021, for instance, like, they hosted Sac State and Weber back-to-back to start the season. Totally. Uh, which, which was, like, when Sac State was first coming on to the scene. So uh, Montana's obviously on another level of just name and brand recognition sure, from those sure, teams. Sure, sure, uh, But I think that's, that's the other thing, right? Like, Paul Peterson has experience coaching in these games, even if 
nobody from that 2021 team or very few players from that 2021 team are still going to be around. Uh, they've got some experience with these kinds of games. He's a good young coach, too. I mean, he did great work at Sacramento State before taking over this job uh, at at uh, Utah Tech. So, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those games where both Montana and Montana State are certainly going to be favored to win these games. But it's not like, you know, it's not like a game where, like, for example, the Grizz opener last year against Northwestern State. I mean, that's a that's an FCS team, but... That, that's a game in which the Grizz played well at times, but also had a whole bunch of errors and ebbs and flows and, and operational stuff that just looked a little bit rusty or just kind of a little bit out of sync. And they still won 47 nothing. Like, I don't think that that's going to be the case. I don't think the Grizz are going to go down to Utah Tech and, and just win by seven touchdowns. But who knows? But, uh, but I do think Utah Tech's a... a, a a program that is investing in football. They're trying to. They're trying to be good. They want to be good, and uh, I mean they're going to get a, a real test here right out the gates, uh, coming to Bozeman and then hosting the Grizz the following week. Also, maybe a barometer for us to sort of compare and contrast those two. Uh, then we're going to get through the non-conference. The week three will be here in Missoula. Myself and Andrew will for the Ferris State game. Uh, we'll have a team on the ground in Bozeman, too, for Stetson coming there. But that's that's kind of one of those ones I'm talking about where, you know, we, we got we got guys that are a lot closer to Bozeman to go there uh, than rather than us, you know, bringing the whole team over to Bozeman for a, you know, a game against a non-scholarship in Stetson. Uh, Division II school here in Missoula, uh, Ferris State, uh, against the Grizzlies. But then week four uh, will be our next sort of round of travel. I'll be headed to Ogden, Utah to cover Montana State's Big Sky opener uh, at Weber State. The Grizz are going to Flagstaff. We're going to work on some help for coverage there, but I actually think it's probably worth our time more to send Andrew to Moscow. So uh, Idaho, their first home game of the year, they open up with the defending Big Sky champions in Sacramento State. I actually sneaky think it's one of the the best games on the schedule. So, I mean, thoughts on that one? I mean, I think that that opening weekend is is a big one for sure. And uh, sort of the two premier games are the Cats at Weber and Sac at Idaho. Yeah, Cats at Weber is a good game, but Coulter, I'm so much looking forward to that Sac State at Idaho game because not only is it just a, a huge game in terms of the Big Sky Conference and potentially the national landscape of the FCS, Idaho's first home game of the year. Right. And one of only four games at the Kibbe Dome. One of only four games that they're getting at the Kibbe Dome this year. So we've talked all offseason about how Idaho is riding this wave of momentum that they got from, you know, beating the Grizz, making the playoffs last year. Uh, You know, the Idaho fans have not had a ton of chances to sort of capitalize on that momentum, right? They didn't get a home playoff game That's last right. year. That's right. You know, they had a couple home games after, I think, the beating the Grizz in Missoula was probably the tipping point for that fan base coming back in droves. Yeah. They only had a couple of home games after that game last year. They didn't have a home playoff game. They're not going to have a home non-conference game this year. So this Sac State game is really one of the few chances for this fan base uh, to show out now with Idaho's increased profile and increased celebrity and increased, uh, you know, charged atmosphere around that team. So I really think it's going to be a great crowd. It's a possible showcase for for Idaho. I mean, it really is a prove-it game for the Vandals, right? Because, 
you know, after the Montana win last year, they struggled a little bit. They lost to UC Davis. They lost their playoff game. Yep. They still look like a decent team. But after that Montana game, they haven't really had a signature win. And if you go in and lose this one at home, yeah. the question is, is is Idaho sort of a flash in the pan? Especially considering what their non-conference is as well. I think they'll win at Lamar to open it up. They also have, as Sam Herger was saying off the top, they have a couple FBS games where you can be competitive or even win in Nevada and Cal. But are you actually going to do that? If you're two and one going to that conference opener, and then you win the conference opener, and you're three and one, all of a sudden you're rolling. You are absolutely you know top eight team. If you go one and two in the non-conference, maybe you have a heartbreaker in one of those FBS yeah. games. Then you really need that one. And you know, let's say you go one and two in your non-conference, then you lose your opener. And all of a sudden you're one and three. You might be out of the top twenty. Yep. Now you got a really tough hill to climb. Yeah, that's exactly right. Huge fulcrum game early in the conference schedule, and and that's the other thing. I mean, if they do beat Nevada and then play well against Cal, imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like coming back to the Kibbe Dome. I mean, you know they're going to sell the crap out of that game. This is one of four times all year you get to see Giovanni McCoy and Hayden Hatton and all the other stars that we have. What a home schedule, right? Sac State, Montana, Montana State, three weeks in a row. So if you only get four home games, you got got three pretty darn good ones to get it started off if you're the Vandals. Yeah, I I just think it's going to be awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that game. You know, I would, um, if if it was feasible... I would love to go to Flagstaff. I've never been to Flagstaff. Flagstaff's cool. Never been to the walk-up Sky Dome or anything. Uh, but it's just, you know, Moscow's a, a pretty drive over through Coeur d'Alene and yep. then down through the Palouse. Yep. It's so much easier to, to get it done. And, um, and yeah. just seeing that, that opening crowd for, for, to see if it's real and just kind of feel it. I mean, I think it's worth it. I think it's definitely worth it for us to send you there for sure. I mean, that's sort of what I'm thinking. I just want to feel the – more than covering the game, which I'll cover yeah. the game – I just want to talk to people and hang What's it out like being in the Kibbe Dome when Idaho's a true big sky contender right. for the first time in 25 years? That's it's it's a great story. I know is now ESPN Radio from Bozeman to St. George, Utah to Brookings, South Dakota to Ogden, Utah to Moscow, Idaho. That's all in the first month of the season. Town Pump will keep us fueled up all year long. We're all the wild by the mile back once again. You want a $50 gift card to Town Pump? Call right now, 406 406- 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number four. We have 50 bucks for you to town pump. What's going on tomorrow? We'll get you all set up. Right after this, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. This is Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. And the ESPN MT app. I know I told you a while ago, maybe last week, that uh, we were going to have no show Friday, but that's not true. I'm going to be gone on Friday, but that doesn't matter to you because I'll be uh, on the radio uh, for most of the show. We'll have a bunch of of stuff coming up. Andrew's interview with Bryce Carver will be included in Friday's show. We also have another fun NFL conversation with Brooks Nuanez from Skyline Sports. And uh, a whole bunch of other stuff coming up tomorrow and the next day. So jam-packed weeks here all season long, even if I'm on the road. I appreciate all these guys for contributing content like they have and uh, making that possible. Tomorrow, Matt Seidensticker, a former Grizz Hooper who's uh, still around town. He'll be our Where Are They Now subject to put a bow on that series, co-hosted by Crystal Redpath. And uh, 
We'll also have Carol in the Ticket Doesn't Know Sports. We'll have some baseball talk, and we might even hear from Dan Hawkins as well, the head coach uh, of the UC Davis Aggies. So uh, another jam-packed Thursday for you coming down the pipe as well. If you missed anything in today's show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Always appreciate you listening. Always fun hanging out. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.